0: to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API. Now from the Nowcast Network Studios,
1: here's Mike. Hey, welcome to the Audio Nowcast. My name is Mike Rodriguez, and before we get going, let me introduce the guys, both of them. <laughs> Actually, we've got uh, we've got more than two guys here. Um, over here on my right, we've got Bobby Osinski. Bobby! Hey, Mike. Hi, guys. And right next to him, we are joined today by Jeremy Davis. Hey, guys. What's going on? Jeremy, it's good to see you at the table. And alive. let's <laughs> declare. Uh, and across the table, we've got the one and only Nick Peck.
2: Hello, Mike. Hi, everyone. Hi. I hope you all had a nice thanksgiving
1: Aka, <laughs> Yes, we did. And finally, all the way from, you know what? Where are you you Skyping in from?
3: Where am I Skyping in from? Yes. Wait, hold on. Let me check the yellow pages. I am in lovely Austin, Texas.
1: All the way from Austin, Texas? The one and only...
3: I've been here for about five minutes, but it's good to be
1: here. (laughs) Rob Arbateer. Hello,
3: Hello. everyone. Good to see everybody.
1: Good to see you, Rob. I'm glad you made it. I was a little worried when I signed on to Skype and I saw you offline. I was like, man, I hope he's still not in the airplane.
3: Uh, no, actually my computer was on. I forgot to run Skype. <laughs>
1: not,
3: a, not a great story, but it's true.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, really quick, uh, before we even do anything else, I just want to give you an update on uh, I survived. I survived the hell week. That was a couple weeks ago. And uh, let me tell you, it was really interesting. We did six shows in five days, which oh, in and of itself was kind of a killer. Um, but the one thing that really made it work, same show? Well, there was three different shows that we oh. actually worked on, four different shows actually. Um, but um, two things. Number one, you know when you get in a crisis situation where it's just you know where you don't think you're going to be able to function and you don't think you're going to be able to finish, first thing you need to do is talk to the client, and that really helped, because I said, "Look, we can do it, we're going to do it." But it would be really good if we could schedule things a little bit better. So last time we talked, I thought I was going to have to do three shows on one day and it ended up only being two, which was good, which bought just enough little breathing room to be able to push everything down a little bit to make it um, from impossible to painful but doable. And uh, that's a good place. I don't, I don't mind being there. It's the impossible. Um, the second thing is is getting a good, a good team. You know, you don't do any of this by yourself, and um, Yal Dooley, um, who helps me on the show, is is fantastic, and and he was smart enough to really know how to lay things out to actually make it easier for me to come in and mix. And that's I have to give it, you know, all to him because he took a lot of the heavy lifting, a lot of the stuff that would slow me down during the day, um, like all the foley and things like that, stuff that. Definitely necessary, but time-consuming, and he knocked all that out, and allowed me to spend more time in the mix and more time on the sound design stuff. So it was really, you know, it was a team effort, and we we knocked them all out, and I survived. We were working, you know, after we did the podcast, I got up at uh, four o'clock the next morning, drove down, and did five hours before the client got there. I did a couple hours with the client, and then. We were able to lay back and we just started that over. So he did 12 at night. I did 12 during the day and it worked out. It's crazy. Wouldn't want to do it all the time but survive. But you know, those are the type of things that um, especially in this business, you, know, you never really want to say no to a client and if they want to get it done, you got to get it done. But there's a point where you can – where you just have to talk to them and keep the lines of communication. You know, so I, I just the lesson I learned is if you ever get in a situation like that, you know, talk to your client as soon as possible because generally they're not going to say no. You know, they want a good product, and unless you know they're looking for a way out, but you know, they want to work with you and they want a good product. So clients were um, were pretty good. So I found this to be a, a good uh, good lesson for people
2: out there. Was it the same client for all of the shows? Yeah. So
1: yeah. same client, multiple wow. shows.
2: Then they have to, you know, then then if they're not reasonable, right. then they're not a long-term client that you want to work with anyway.
1: Yeah. And if yeah.
2: they're interested in having a long-term relationship with you, then, you know, if it turns out that you need another day or two to mix it because it's just not humanly possible, yeah. then they have to, you know, sort of work that way.
1: And I'll tell you what, there was nothing better than the sense of accomplishment after that last one. No you just want to, like— You know, it was like seriously. It's like, come on, guys, drinks are on me. Let's go. You know, that's why I'm glad there was only one guy. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, no, it was great, and uh, everything worked out. But it was it was scary for a little bit, and um, it was fun. So I just wanted to give you guys an update. Uh, Moving forward, uh, I just want to say one thing uh, specifically to Rob and Bobby. Um, You guys are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but <ba-dum, bum. laughs> I'm what i going to tell you. You know, we had this nice conversation after I got my Surface, and we were talking about the iPads and, and being the serious tool and things like that. And I, I think not only is it going to happen, it's going to happen fast. And and I, th- I think I think the Surface or tablets, tablets in general. I mean, okay. I'm using the Surface, but I, I mean the iPad, the whole thing. I had a, a fantastic. Um, experience that I, I gotta tell you about. And I um I went to Dallas and I shot um some stuff for API on a small record label that was uh using their new box as the anchor to their studio. Um the API box. Exactly. Yeah. And in the modern workflow, you know you figure you you don't track the whole band anymore. They were doing a lot of dance stuff. They're doing a lot of contemporary music, things like that. They had four inputs. It was great. We did. A, I, I filmed a writing session with them and a vocal session, a couple stuff, a couple different things, and it was really cool to see how they had this awesome analog mini little console, and they were putting it to work, and they're doing all their mixing, they're doing everything on on a Pro Tools with uh, with Pro Control, and um, it was really great to see. How they bang for the buck with this great analog board really helped out the big overall um quality of their music and just the sound itself. Did they be it? Between with, with, with the, the box really, and without it. Oh yeah. They they did yeah. plenty of tests, you know. And it's you know, it's 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 that it's the that API fat – sound. It's that that ballsy sound that you get um, with the 2520 op-amps. I mean, API definitely has a sound and, and it's really it was really good. But what was really exciting is when I went out there, I had my computer, I had my tablet, and I had my iPad and I was doing some work and I didn't take on my laptop once. I worked a lot on my tablet. I'm working on this music project and I worked a lot on the Surface and it was just so dang convenient and it's so powerful. I, I can see that Here's what's going to happen. The iPad. I mean, I, I picked up some amazing apps. Soon as we get a really great sounding multi-channel interface that you can hook up to the iPad and it's c- close because the quartet is there, it's going to take over. It really is because the sounds are amazing, especially if you, if you, Get away from the output. If you go with a, with a third party um, audio interface and just a workflow, it, it, it's to be able to have it, to take it with you, to pull it in and out. I mean, it's it's smaller than a laptop. It has the brains, it has the power, and I, I think it's going to be it's it's going to be amazing. You're going to see it. It's going to happen. I know people. Mike,
4: I don't buy it, I, I, and I'll tell you why. I have the toughest problem, me personally, with um, uh, precision. On the iPad. And I find that I'm trying to to do something and it's clicking and going someplace else... And uh, there are things happening with the touch surface that I don't want to happen.
1: Right. And I understand that. But here's where it gets solved. It's going to be a hybrid system. You're going to see faders hooked up to the to the tablet. You're going to see faders hooked up to your iPad. You're going to be able to have – especially with some of the cooler MIDI controllers that are out there. If you look at Livid Instruments, they make all these D, um, DIY um, modules where you can – Create your own controller using all their parts, and people have done some pretty amazing things. You know, it's all you know. You get in there with your 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 MIDI programming and your custom templates, and you you do a combination. Because I I see you know get a little artist series. You know when you want to do your faders and things like that. You have your touch screen when you want to do your editing when you want to. Push, you want to do different things. I mean, I've worked on a lot of the synth modules. And some of it, I'll, I'll be honest, it's it's a lot better with my fingers than it would be with a mouse just because of the multi multitouch. Yeah, I don't good.
4: care about the synth modules. But I'll tell you what. One thing I do know is Apple is working on an um, uh, iPad Pro that's supposed to be a little bit bigger than the standard one. Rob, do you know anything about
3: that? No, I haven't heard anything about
4: that. Yeah, it, that it's supposedly... I don't know anything else about the i o but except that it's supposed to be a little larger and it's a I'm making air quotes here right, right now um uh, it's supposed to be a pro version
1: you know it, I
2: think the screen size is a really important factor here you know i mean yeah. i'm you know I'm a glutton for screens I can't do anything without two twenty seven inch monitors yeah. in front right. of me
1: and you know? which you know you can like with okay surface pro that I just picked up, I can hook it up you know using the same um Display port output that mm-hmm. you would use on your, on your Mac, um, your mini display port. I can hook it up to an HDA monitor and it works flawlessly between the two. I just picked up FL Studio and, and I'm not, you know, I haven't been in the, in the Windows world for such a long time. I mean, I was using Sonar. That was the last Windows program I used, really, um, when it was just Sonar, yeah. <laughs> you know? And FL Studio is a great program for, for writing in its own way. It's not, it's not a traditional sequencer. It's not a traditional DAW da, per se. It's very pattern-based. But for what it does, it does it really good and it does it really fast. The learning curve is definitely there because you've got to think totally different. It's unlike anything I've ever worked before. Why but, would you want to do that? Because A, <laughs> it's modified for, for touch. It's, it's made – they've programmed it in for touch. So oh, that's okay. the thing that appealed to me the most. It's uh-huh. like, OK, want to see how this thing does it. And B – Have you tried ARIA? Yeah, I, I have Aria, and and B, it's for me. Um, I I had seen. I've always thought of Fruity Loops, you know, back in the day when it was kind of like a toy, kind of like a you know a, something you would get when you bought a PC and they throw in a copy of Fruity Loops or something like that. But it's really matured into a really pretty serious um, environment for. For writing, for producing, especially dance music and the pattern base with the effects and things like that. I mean they've done a really – image line – they've done some really great stuff. And the great thing about that is you buy it once, you've got updates for life. So people who bought it back in the day, they're still getting updates. Rob, are you using Fruity Loops? Have you used that? I
3: have not ever. I mean i played with it just to see what it was, but I've never done a project in it.
1: The
2: great thing about all of these toys is that they make it very easy for you to be able to make music. And the problem with all of these toys is that they make it very easy for you to be able to to make music.
1: No, that's true. But and I would never ever tell anybody not to learn as much about music as you can. But at the same um, time, you know, there's some really cool stuff that's happening, and people are doing stuff that they couldn't before, and they're really creative, and and it's and, great, and it's yeah. really good. You know, especially in the dance music. I mean, are you going to orchestrate on an FL Studio? It's probably not your first choice but are you going to do some really cool um, dance stuff, some really cool um, house stuff? Yeah, that's there's, there's some great stuff and, and the way it works, you can really – the way it's pattern-based with the effects, you can get some pretty complex patterns going. Once you start bringing in your delays and your effects and your reverbs, um, you start building up a really good bed. You're like, man, this is pretty cool and then after that, being a pattern-based um, – you know, uh, sequencer type of thing. Then you arrange your patterns. It, I, I can see the appeal. I can see how it's going to go, and the fact that it doesn't take up a lot of room. Um, and it's since it's pattern based with with um, you know the sound library or your own library. What it, were the guys
4: it, in Dallas using?
1: They they were all it was all Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. They were all Pro Tools. But what was cool wasn't so much what they were using; it's how they were using and how it was being built up, and and like I said, how this this modern workflow of being able to do a lot with a little. Because if there's one thing about FL Studio that I think they need to work on is is it needs to sound a little better. It sounds okay; it's not bad, but it could it could sound better. The default is 441. You know, they need to start <laughs> supporting at least 4824. You know mm. and Give people the option for ninety six, because then it would be really killer for what for what you do. Although you can trigger, you know, outside samplers and things like that. Um, I, I just think forty four in today's modern yeah. uh, computers and stuff like that. It's it's not necessary. You don't need it. You should strive to go up to that to that next level.
2: You know, it, it depends what the resolution is of the base samples that are inside of the thing, right? Yeah, I mean, if exactly. They're, if they're sixteen forty four samples, right. it doesn't matter as much. If right. you're running 24:48, and in fact there, right. you know, can be some interpolation errors going from 44 to 48.
1: Absolutely, and I've only used all the internal sounds. I'm, I'm looking forward to really digging into it. I get the surface, I hook it up, I mini in my, uh, my iPad mini, and and. Truly magic. It's magic. You're connecting
2: the iPad to the surface?
1: Yes, because you go I've got the MIDI I.O. for the iPad and I got my MIDI on the surface. I'm not doing you can do it wirelessly through Bonjour, but right now I'm doing everything cabled because I'm just kind of digging into it and it's pretty cool because I'll tell you what, some of the ten, fifteen dollar I just picked up the I just picked up a new um a new app on the iPad that is phenomenal. It's the um the i, isem, isem. It's from uh, the. Oh, nice. It's the Oberheim. Um, their. Arteria mini- simulation of exactly, that. it's the arterial simulation of the Oberheim synthesizer expander, module, and it's it sounds really good.
4: So but that's basically like an OB eight, right? It's expander version of the OB eight, right?
3: Basically,
1: isn't that true, Rob? Yeah, I believe so, and. Um,
3: <laughs> and sounds- I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that plugin though. I'm not sure what it's emulating exactly.
1: It's on the iPad. It's you'll have to see it, but it sounds beefy and fat, and has that bottom that you know where you can just see the waves. The I mean, it's it sounds so good. It was five bucks, right? Yeah, five bucks. ran into my to the surface. I mean, really, it's really exciting to see this kind of stuff work together. And and go the other way. I can I can. You go, you is on this end, and I can bring in stuff, full-blown versions of, you know, my Ultimate Suite over here from Native Instruments, and and send it this direction. So, it's just, it's working. It's tablets. It's these small little things. It's, it's pretty phenomenal. I'm just saying. It's, it's going to take over it really is Uh, and you said something about a hybrid
0: approach earlier with the touchscreen and the faders and that's i think that's That's partially i think that's partially true but i think the other issue is like all of the stuff you're talking about does sort of lend itself to being on a touchscreen but like mike you're in post and i think rob could possibly uh do this too with some like the bigger orchestral things when you're dealing with like loads of tracks and like lots of quick fire edits more like a post orientation you're never going to be able to edit that efficiently on a touchscreen because you've got only a like I'm going to go with a dozen gestures maybe whereas you have forty keys beneath you that all do something else and then you have four modifiers so it's forty to the fourth power of key commands that you can make happen not instantaneously but really quickly and you will never have that number of controls over just a touchscreen.
1: I I think you're you're correct right now. I wouldn't. I'm not fighting the fight for post. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah. Although. Like I said with Arturia, you know, with uh, with um, Aria, you know, you can run QuickTimes. You can't actually mix the picture. But having said that, everything I'm talking about is definitely music related, and it's not Post because Post yeah. is a different beast. Because you're gonna, you know, you're running sessions. I mean, look at Scott. Scott will have 700 channels in a session with things folded and folded down and stuff like that. So we're, we're not
2: saying that.
3: you But can, also, you know, also for high end music. I'm sorry, for high-end music, it's going to be a long time before any of those tablets Absolutely. have the the asset management and project management and all of that stuff. for a really And the raw big horsepower
2: and the RAM, you know, all of the stuff that, you know, we're talking about the, storage, the, yeah. the new Wastebasket Max and being able to go in and being able to have all of your I, Spitfire orchestral you know libraries I, I on don't there think and it's, stuff that's super high-res. I don't think it's going to be as
1: high as you guys think. I don't think it's going to be that high, really. I You watch, I bet you within this next year you're gonna see a hit that was done all on the iPad. Right, and I that's basically that's basically what we're talking about, you know. There's what is high end, you know. There's high end. The only thing is, is 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 it commercially, you know, is it making money? Or is it not making money? Is it a is it a hit or is it not a hit? I mean, well,
2: it's a context and convenience thing. I mean, the awesome thing about the iPads and about the Surface and all of these is that you can be making music while you're sitting in a coffee shop or in your hotel room or on an airplane, right? right? right. And those are the things that are really exciting about it. Look, I've got so I've got my beautiful field recorder right it's in a pelican case it's a sound Devices 722 and i've got a big awesome gorgeous pair of you know sennheiser uh midside mics for it and i've got all my stuff and so i carry can we, right we around be like friends uh, yes yeah. we <laughs> well you can facebook me we can you know and it's awesome and it sounds fantastic and i also have a roland ro5 field recorder that is the size of a cigarette pack. Right. <laughs> and does the roland ro5 sound as good no which of the two do i use more frequently the Roland R05 because I always have it with me, yeah. right? And well, so there's a notion
1: there of context. But it's it's getting there. I mean this sounds really good. The, 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 it's, what I'm saying is it's not – the iPad stuff, it's not a toy. It's the real deal. It's coming on its own. And people, you know, it's, it's sure. Am I going to track a band with it? No. But it's going to – you know, I'm really developing my own little studio. It's all around these little touchscreens. And believe me. If you listen to some early podcasts, I was anti touchscreen, right? But there's a place for touchscreen. There's a place, and, and some of the um, interfaces and some of the ways that you use them and some of the things that are coming out, it's, it's only going to get better. Now, is it going to be, is the Raven the second coming, you know, of, of touchscreen? No, it's not. But having said that, you know, the smaller slate, I wouldn't work with it. Exclusively, but it may not be a bad thing to have with some faders in front of you and using a little hybrid approach between the two. You know, I would say, look, I put together a lot of, a lot of high end systems. All right. I mean, I've done a lot of systems. Um, I've been working with, with API, helping them put together systems and putting their analog gear and contemporary systems. And right now, if I was going to put together a system for like NAM, you know, I mean, a system I'd go for would be like, you get the high end Mac. Right, you get um, using the box as kind of the anchor. You're running uh, native Pro Tools. You get probably the small Raven screen, and you get Artist Series faders. I think you cover all your bases. It's really modern, really hip workflow. You can do a ton of stuff with it. You know that to me, we're going to see more and more of that. We start shrinking them down a little bit. You're going to see a uh, uh, iPad Pro, a Surface Pro couple iPads, a couple faders, good audio interface.
4: I had really high hopes, and just getting off audio for a second, just for something mundane as being able to write on it, uh, yeah. on, an, on an iPad. And it's impossible. I can't do it. I, I got all sorts of um, external Bluetooth keyboards, <laughs> and they all suck. Can't do it. Oh, so do, you, and, you don't and, even
0: mean handwriting, like with a stylus. You mean no? no I mean typing. typing. I,
4: I can't work to write, you know, whatever blog, a book, whatever it is. It it won't work for me
2: because of the size yeah. of the keyboard is too small.
4: Yeah. Oh. And, and and the tactile function as well. Yeah. The the Bluetooth keyboards are not made for um, for heavy duty use. Yeah. They just don't feel right, and you can't fit your fingers in the right way. Well, so I mean, uh, you'd think that you could figure that out, but you know, when you finally get to the point where it works, it's already too big, and you might as well go to a laptop.
1: Right? No, I, I can see that, yeah. and and I I totally understand.
4: Um, but but and that's something that's mundane. That's just writing. You know, that's that's your normal everyday word processing. That's not that's not anything that we're talking about in audio. But you know, I. Uh, I don't feel it, but I got to tell you, yes, you're probably right. At some point in time, it's
2: going to be a lot more powerful and a lot more precise and everything, but I don't feel it now. I think that there's a confluence. You can see the direction. What I think is so interesting is the fact that you have a MacBook Air, right, which – Gives you a tremendous amount of computing horsepower when you consider how small and how light it is. Yeah. and then you have the iPad Air. They're not the price point between those two is surprisingly not that far apart. They're not, and the level of power between them is not that far apart. And so you wonder, you know, eventually w- which direction things are going to be going. But I would imagine that you know, if I were Apple, I would continue to be pushing up, you know, bumping up sort of the the power level and the pro and the productivity level. Of the iPad, you know, to the point where it does become sort of an, bl- iPad more, exactly, an iPad Pro,
4: blur even more exactly,
2: exactly, yeah. exactly. And so, if you have something in which the input devices, because you know, I do almost nothing but work on the iPad all day long, and I love it now. Right. Although I don't like well, what do you missing. do exactly on the iPad? I make I make uh, lots of iPad apps for Disney. So oh. I've been working. I've been working almost exclusively in audio production for the uh, for iOS and now for Android for about the last two and a half years. And so, and I really Bil- building enjoy. apps, yeah, oh, oh yeah, oh, I didn't yeah. realize, oh yeah. So I really, really love Bobby.
1: It. This is Nick. Nick, this is Bobby. <laughs>
2: yeah, and, you know I don't I don't want to get into the specifics of my, my work stuff too much. If you really want it, you can go go look it up. Um, but t- speaking more in general, I mean, I started. Let me, let me tell you my story about iPads really, really quickly. So I had finished working in sort of the console end of video games for a long time. Uh, you know these big, enormous, powerful, purpose-built devices where you would spend 14 months and you know 30 million dollars to make a game. Um, And I got out of that went back into freelance sound design again and had looked around at all of the stuff and I said, iPhone, that's something that I wanted to explore. And there was something so wonderfully liberating and freeing about working on these little small projects where I'd be doing it for a week or two and then that would be it and then on to the next. Um, I was doing that before the iPad came out. and I got to work on an iPad project. I didn't have one. I thought it was a toy. You know, when Steve Jobs said, "Yes, here's the next thing," I thought, "Uh huh." You know, there there is no purpose for that. This is Apple just trying to find you know yet another way to be able to sell electronics to somebody. They sent me an iPad for the first project that I was working on, and I mean, it was like you know the the, the seas parted and the the light sh- shone on me, and I understood. Wow. Okay, tablets really are where it's going to be he- heading, and where things are going to be moving. Um, and I haven't—I haven't changed my opinion on that at all. I love working on tablets. I find them much more streamlined. <coughs> not for things like writing. I agree with you. No, I still use a laptop. for You're doing that. gaming apps, right? Um, mostly education, education. and entertainment. Yeah, uh, but it's very specific, kids. though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I love what I love about the iPad and what I love about tablets in general um, is that. Even more than you know, even more than sort of the simplicity of operating systems these days, they are really taking the technology and putting it into the hands of the masses. My four-year-old daughter, perfectly comfortable working with an iPad. Yeah. My sixty-five-year-old mother-in-law, completely technically illiterate, perfectly comfortable in working with an iPad, and I love that. I think that that's great.
4: Uh, my next Forbes article is about how much I hate iPad and iPhone apps. <laughs> But but, <laughs> <laughs> but understand, it's because most of them are redundant and most of them don't work as well as the, um, the website, for instance. And just looking at sports, for I, I must have 50 different sports uh, uh, apps and none of them work as well as just going to the browser and ESPN. Even ESPN's app doesn't work as well. So you look at it and you say, this is all redundant. What's the point of all of these apps, even if they're they're for free, if they're not as good as what they're trying to replace? You know
1: what? You've you've got a point there. I I will absolutely give you a point there because I'll give you a great example. When I went to um, load in ESPN on my uh, Microsoft Surface Pro, right? When, as soon as I went to that page with the browser, it said, would you like to install the mm-hmm. ESPN app? And I said, sure. So I installed it. I hate that app. Yep. It's I, I just want to go to the website. I just want to go to the website and I want to see my sports and yep. I want to read about SC, the new coach, stuff like that. I mean I, I just want to go straight there and, and see that. And the app is – it just gets in the way. Mm-hmm. It, I'll tell you what. It presents it in a – you know it looks good you know but is it is usable can i go click and can i be part of the survey and do all that stuff nope and oh, yeah, i the totally UI, agree the ui is always great right.
0: but the functionality to be fair we're using espn and i have hated their app since the beginning of time <laughs> yeah. um, there are some slightly better ones but i actually sort of agree with you bobby that most of the time they're redundant and useless right.
4: So, now, you know, here's the, where it actually is different. If it's a purpose built app that's utilitarian, like, for instance, a game. Now, most of the time, a, a, either a game works or it doesn't. So, and it's not emulating something that's on the website. Right, right. Uh, the other thing is uh, something that's a util- uh, utility function. Okay, we can do this here, and it's only meant to do this thing. For instance, I have an, uh, my own app, which I did kicking and stream- screaming. Um, is a delay app, and it's just figuring out the delay time on, on something. Okay, so that kind of works. There's probably a lot that do it a lot better, and I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for the publisher forcing me to. But I gotta say, it's that's all it does. It's not supposed to do anything else, and it does it pretty well. So there's lots of stuff like that. The apps that, uh, uh, for instance, will
2: um, uh, do measurements for you. Sure, you know stuff like that. Here's a great one. I'm gonna pop open this thing i'm going to hit one button and i'm going to take a look at what's going on in my recording studio right now purpose-built thing three things i was just up you know back home in the bay area for thanksgiving and i was paranoid because i was going to be gone for a week i had i have cameras set up in my house in my living room and in my recording studio and every day i was just sitting there and taking a look and saying nope Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Everything Perfect. Is fine. What's Those that guy? That what's, that, great. what's that
1: guy installing there? Is he? Yeah. T-
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's that guy who's pulling <laughs> a bunch of, of iPads Umerheim Matrix Twelve? <laughs> well, listen. That's uh, e- like I said... and it's great. You know, I mean, it's a very simple little purpose-built app. It doesn't try to be anything other than Perfect. what it is, and it's great for that. Perfect. Us, you know? Yes. And, He's and
0: very happy. And when you started that, I really thought you were going to have a VUZELA sound, but I think I've been spoiled <laughs> by Bobby Summerfield. So <laughs> I was really expecting that. Well,
1: yeah. all I'm going to say is is I think the. I think just like anything else, even at the beginning of the PC revolution, where you had programs that were horrible, you know, it's going to shake itself out. And I think in music, I think we're getting there. I think it's it's going to happen faster than we think it's going to happen. It's not going to be for everybody. It'll it, will it
4: happen this this Nam.
1: Huh, I think I think it's going to happen this this year. I really do, and I and I think so. The- you're predicting this Nam. I, you know, I don't know about this now. You're but, putting the poor man on the <laughs> spot. <Come laughs> yes, <on>. I am. <laughs> but, but it's 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 gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, there's just brilliant. I mean, here's a here's a great example. I mean, the brilliant apps. Like, um, I got one called Impactor, right? Where basically you install it on your on your phone. It uses the microphone and it turns your table into a, a contact. And when you drum, it tracks that and basically triggers. Sounds so oh, you, can like actually, that. that's, you can actually yeah, that's cool. You can play okay. like congas and things like that using using um, you know your table. What's the latency like? It's really fast. Is it? I mean, it's really it's like it's totally playable. Couple things. Number one, it works in a quiet environment, Right? Yeah. <laughs> because it's basically Always, yeah. you know you don't want those those pulses. But you know, in a pinch, it's I, I just like the concept of it of it. Um, being able to trigger sounds and, that's, and doing that—that's
4: great. That's perfect. And yes. that's
1: that's the kind of stuff. Yes. And that's where that—that's where all the innovation. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that when I see that, that just yep. gets me excited. Anyhow, we've belabored this. I'm not going to bring it up anymore on any more podcasts until we see what happens at the end. Until of the year. next month. <laughs>
2: well, well there's January, this, January. There's this cool new iPad app that I got. That's a well, synthesizer. You know what? We got it.
1: As my studio grows, I'm gonna. I'll just, do some pictures and stuff because it's it's really turning into something kind of fun. And just the fact, look, technology is amazing. I flew, and in my carry on, I had everything I needed for my whole shoot. I had two cameras, I had all my gear, I had all the media, kind of I had cameras? all the lighting. I had a video camera, a Sony video camera, the lowest Pro. Um, then I had my my seventy. Oh,
4: you have a GoPro too, right? Oh yeah, a GoPro. Go, yeah,
1: yeah. And then, uh, so three cameras. Yeah. Um, then I had you know two computers and my tab, and I mean, basically, I had everything to do my production. The only thing I sent ahead of time was my lighting kit. Did you but
2: remember to I bring had... a fresh change of underwear? <laughs> <Yeah. away? laughs>
1: but I had enough stuff. I had to throw it up because right. I had that
2: other laptop that I needed. No, to get but there.
1: I, I had enough stuff that if if none of my other gear got there, I could do the whole shoot without any problem, and it wouldn't it wouldn't suffer at all. I mean, I had lights, I had the whole thing, all in my little penguin. Uh, my pelican case, and it was great, and i just i i 'm just on just this tech high of of being able to work you know being able to i 've done a lot of traveling and i 've done a lot of work and it's it 's great just to control your own destiny and I think that 's the one of the things that that I wanted to just stress is you know these new tablets what is it what does it do if not anything else, it just gives you more outlets to be creative and more things to be creative and more people can express their creativity.
4: Rob, do you have a tablet? Rob? No. (laughs) But you travel with three laptops,
2: right?
3: I do travel with three MacBook Pros. Actually, I am about to get an iPad Air. Yeah. uh, And I think it'll be a fun toy. I think they're incredible toys uh, I think they're great for some kind of synthesis. I think they make cool noises, but they're a long way from being a workstation for any kind of big time serious work. It's just reality right now. Maybe see, it won't be the case in five or ten years, but it is right now. See,
4: I don't, I don't consider it a toy. It might sound like I'm downplaying it, and, and in that, that environment, but I, I didn't know what I could do with it when I first bought it, and kind of like you, Nick. I didn't know what it could do, and I find that I use it every day, and I can't live without it. Now, do I, I use it to entertain myself more than – because somebody once told me, and this is a perfect example uh, of what it is, it's an, a better output device than an input device. Agreed.
2: Absol- it's great for doing email. It's yes. great for reading the news. Yes, it's great for any number of ways to consume content. Yes. Watching Game of Thrones it's, at it's midnight. Wonderful. You know? yeah. Any of those things is fantastic for – The the big issue is going to be – sorry to belabor this yet one more time. The big issue is going to be when we're able to get input systems into it that really are higher resolution and allow us to be able to do stuff with it and when there's enough power – and enough um, when there's enough power and there's enough RAM in them to be able to you know be able to do the, to do the heavy lifting. But like Rob, it may be a long time before that happens because those are such specialty things. And the apples of the world make their money by selling lots and lots and lots and lots of iPhones and iPads to people who don't need them for special heavy lifting
1: purposes. Right, but like it's that. not all about the iPhone. Well, but
3: also, though. also keep in mind once you start keeping all these accessories on it, it's a lot less convenient and portable. Once you got to hook up IO boxes and, and you know, external media and all that other kind of stuff. It's like the new Mac trash can. You know, it's very beautiful and sleek looking until you hook it up to all the stuff. You oh, know, you're going to have, have to hook it up the to. Back,
1: yeah. yeah, but at the same time, you know, a lot of those accessories are still small and they're still compacting it of itself. And you can rack like I'm going to rack everything up, right? I have a two space rack, and it's going to be hellaciously powerful in two spaces. I mean, it's going to be as soon as I'm done with it. I'm not gonna say anything about how I'm designing it it's It's really going to be amazing and Last thing is, it, I'm not necessarily talking about all on the, uh, on iPad either. I mean, the Slate Pro, the form factor for me is more exciting because the Slate Pro is just, it's a Windows computer. So it can run anything that a Windows can do. It's running an i5, plenty of power, can run all the big boy apps, can sound like all the big boy things, and, and actually have all the big boy interfaces. So we'll see. I'll keep you guys posted, but for right now, we're, we're gonna table that. I'll tell you what. We're gonna take a break, um, but before we take a break, you know, Christmas is coming up, and it's <laughs> not a bad way to start. Somebody and in music is actually on an iPad. You know, I've I've made a couple of recommendations on that already um, from a couple of people who've asked me, and it's really I just have to say this before I'd say, oh, you know, you can start on uh, you know your laptop and get. You know, certain programs, things like that, even GarageBand on, an, on a Mac, right? But now it's like I just say, hey, get GarageBand on your, on your iPad. It's free and there you go.
2: It's a great toy. It's GarageBand it's on the iPad is super fun to play around. Great mm-hmm. place to
1: start. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, we'll take a break and when we come back on the other side, we're going to do two things right at top. We are going to announce the winner of Bobby's book. And um, then we're going to talk with Bobby O. about social media. And it's going to be part three in our Bobby O. Superfest that we've been having. All right. Bobby so, o, we'll, <laughs> so we'll catch you on the other side.
0: You're listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Westwave Audio. Have a question for the panel? Would you like to be a guest on the Audio Nowcast and live in the L.A. area? Email us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Audio Nowcast. And before the break, we were just getting totally amazed by how much Rob likes the idea. <laughs> You know, in in all honesty, though, um, if I had the the tools that Rob has to to play and create music with, it would be really hard (laughs) to to work on anything less. Um, Just the synth collection alone is just mind-numbing. Anyway, um, before we move forward, we have some business to take care of. And the first thing I want to do— is I want Bobby O to pick a number between one and 30. 13. 13. Okay, lucky number 13. I took all the names of everybody who responded, I assigned each one a numeric value. And number 13 is our good buddy. Congratulations, Steve Greenberg. Steve. Greenberg. All right. Woo!
2: Congrats, Steve. Wow.
1: And if you want to see what his post is, let me look it up really quick. <laughs> Steve's going to be excited. His post was great episode guys. Some of the YouTube insights from Bobby O were awesome. And, the. Uh, Past few weeks, I have read a few of his books and would love to win the proof copy of the new one. Ah, nice.
4: and your wishes come true. Your <laughs>
1: wishes see, that's what we do on this podcast. <laughs> we
2: make your dreams
1: come. <laughs> make true. your
2: dreams come. Here at the true. audio now. Kind of. And just oh. so you guys
1: know, um, out there, I took a couple people that sent me messages directly. I took your names and the people who posted on other places. I put your names in the drawing too. So everybody who did that. So congratulations Steve and we will eventually get you the book. <laughs> we'll get it to you, all right? I can't promise you it's going to be tomorrow, <laughs> but we will get it to you and Bobby will sign it and that's right. well, that you know, that's an awesome. I mean, come on. The proof of a book, uh, uh, I just think that's pretty awesome. It's
2: very generous gift, Bobby.
1: Uh, and no, my nickname isn't Steve
0: <laughs>
1: Green Yeah, I was going to say, Mike, I sent
0: you a bunch of emails and I didn't <laughs> win, so.
1: All right. Um, well, let's, let's move forward. Uh, I, I wanted to talk, like I said, these last couple of podcasts, we've really been picking Bobby O's brain. And and um, this is kind of the part three of the three-part Bobby O Fest. But really what I want to talk about, Bobby, is um, – is what you wrote a lot in your latest book on and that's that's social media. And and a couple things and I and I hope you answer them in your in your book. I haven't read your book yet. But um I started a uh I did a Twitter handle and I started tweeting. The first thing was from uh AES this last time. And I kinda kept it up for the AES. But then I it's kinda you know been a little dormant because I've been really super busy. And I just wanted to ask you about time management in social media and and how does a musician how does somebody how does that all fit in? I mean are the benefits of social media and obviously you know I'm probably going to answer my own question versus the time you put into it? I mean what kind of ratio is that? How how does somebody work that out? How what's the best way to approach that?
4: Well, my book is about social media promotion, not just social media because there's a big difference. Right, that's what I'm... If you're doing social media, you're kind of just using it as as you know a, an everyday user. But you don't sure. want to do that. You want to use it to promote whatever it is you're doing. And really that depends on the fact that you're doing something that people want to know about or hear about or or you know that right. they're interested in. Because if that isn't the case
1: uh, and you can't get them interested in it, then none of the stuff – you know really works anyway but um that's you know what that's a good point though that's because i mean how many you know you, you start following some people's twitter accounts and you realize man these people are boring yeah yeah right <laughs> now
4: for instance one of the, the things that works really well is when people tweet from live events so if you're going to tweet from aes or you're going to tweet from nam or any any b or any place like that then uh automatically you're, there's something new usually that you're talking about. I just ran into so-and-so who's, you know, everybody will know about. I just saw this. It's so cool. And um, that's enough to keep people interested. I mean, th- this goes for any event. Even you go to a concert, you know, well, guess what? They uh, Paul McCartney just played this or, or you know, pick any artist. Uh, uh, right. Miley Cyrus just did... Wrecking ball, you know, and somebody's going to – lots of people are going to – With be, a kitten. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's a big thing. But in, let's just assume that you have things that people want to hear about. Well, uh, you have to be consistent, and consistent is, you know, you have to do it enough that people – that you don't have attrition because if you stop doing anything with social media, you lose your followers. You lose, lose people that are going to listen that are going to read you. So you have to do it enough to keep those people interested. So that's the first thing. The second thing is you have to do it at the right times. And the right times of the day are really important because you want to do it when most people might be looking for
1: it. So there's actually times during the day. That- oh,
4: absolutely. Really? Absolutely.
1: That's, that's very like TV, Nelson, radio. Yeah, no, of-
4: it, and it's even weirder than that because the best times – are at the top of the hour, yeah. 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock. And if you go five minutes either way, all of a sudden you start to see the engagement drop, and it's worse at 1.30, 2.30, 3.30, 4.30. Really? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Why, why is that?
4: Uh, you know, I can't tell you why, but I know it is. There's been enough stu- studies that have shown that. Um, but there are certain times of day, uh, for instance, I always do it at 5 a.m., this is Pacific time we're talking about. I do it at 5 a.m., another one at 8, another one at 10, another one at noon, and another one at either 2 or 3, depending on the day. And this correlates more with what's happening on the East Coast rather than what's happening on the West Coast because you know we're looking at, at their time. Um, it's been found, for instance, that uh, f- uh, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., is a great time for Facebook posts. And the reason why is people have more time to look at it after work. On the other hand, the afternoon isn't particularly good, except for Wednesdays at 3 o'clock. Wednesdays at 3 o'clock are a peak. And same thing with um, with Twitter. That is, that, that's weird. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things like that. But you can even make it more specific. Once you have enough time on Twitter, for instance, that there's... A number of places that you can go, where it will analyze all of your posts and it will analyze all the engagement, and it will find out when most of your followers are actually looking at your posts, when you have the most engagement, and it will say, okay, these are the times you, you know during the day, the four times you should do it. Now, for instance, I um, adjusted my timings off of that from from you know the ones that are supposedly the uh, the best times. And uh, I found, like, in the weekend, instead of 5 a.m., it's better at 6 a.m. It's uh, Instead of 2 p.m. in the afternoon, it's better at, th- at 3 p.m. Instead of noon, it's better at 10 a.m. and another one at 8 a.m.
1: Huh. Is, now... Better meaning they're going to be more engaged. Is that going to buy you like more retweets or what's yeah. what's that going to get you? Well,
4: there's going to be more people looking at it, for instance. So as a result, the engagement is going to go up higher. There's going to be more comments. There's going to be more retweets. There's going to be, you know, more people messaging me, you know, doing direct messages, uh, all those
1: things. Wow. Yeah. Now, now that's. Now how big of a base do you have to have to even take advantage of some of these tools to find out the engagements and things like that? I mean, you know, um, cuz that's a, you know, as a new band or even taking our podcast, we're starting off, I I'll tell you, it was <laughs> it was pretty well, I guess embarrassing would be the right word when you have like, you know, 20 followers and and you start tweeting and then and then you get called out, "Hey, how do you now cast? Yeah. Whoa, you only got, you know, how 21." And-
4: but it was for me too. I, for instance, the first week of my blog, my first blog, the the um music production blog, um I think I had 5 5 views the whole week. And now it's somewhere around 120,000. Wow. So, and this is over five years, so, you know, it's taken some time, but it just goes to show that, you know, you start from nothing and, and hopefully you grow it.
2: You know, if you start following people that are people that are likely to be interested in what it is that you're offering, they're very likely going to come back and follow you. It didn't take me very long to get several hundred followers yeah. without doing a tremendous amount of work.
1: That's because you're an awesome guy.
4: though. Oh, pff, so are you. You, you know, th- there's, there's a, sp- a point, though, and I'd say it's about 500 500, then you ratchet the game up somewhat. Uh, up until then, um, and, and I'm talking about 500 that are not your friends and not right. your family. You're talking about 500 fans that are followers, at that point, then you become sort of legit and you can, you can jump from there. And then, you know, it becomes in terms of thousands from there, how many thousands you have. But uh, really 500 is sort of a demarcation point. Wow. And, and this, I'm a long
1: way from 500. Well, yeah, but it, <laughs> but it can happen
4: quickly. Uh, a lot. Yeah. And usually what will happen is it will be, uh, you'll get a group of people that really like it and then they'll turn their friends on. Right as well. So, you know, there's a viral aspect that happens and it happens. It could happen very quickly.
2: Bobby, I wanted to uh, ask you one thing or, you know, I know the yeah. answer to this, but I want to be clear for the people who might be listening. You're not actually sending those tweets specifically at 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. and 9 a. M. Yes, I correct. a.m., correct? Yes, I am. You are? Yes. So you're not using some sort of a service oh, in yeah. which you're scheduling? Yeah. That oh,
4: was, yeah. I'm, I'm scheduling them through. Sorry, I was trying to lead you down yeah, that yeah. path. I'm scheduling them through uh, Hootsuite. Um, Hootsuite actually allows you to schedule for Twitter, Facebook, and Google And uh, you can, you know, do your scheduling. You can add pictures. You can do all that stuff. TweetDeck also kind of works. Um, I went away from TweetDeck because Hootsuite's a little more powerful, and uh, TweetDeck. Probably the newest version isn't like this, but it was taking up a lot of horsepower. It was sitting on the desktop and just, you know, slowing everything down. Hmm. So I I stopped using that, and I used Hootsuite. But there's an, another dozen that you can use, and some are really industrial strength and, and give you a huge amount of analytics back, and, of course, you pay for that. Right. Um, and, you know, some are, are free. And, you know you can do usually the free ones will basically say okay you can only do 10 posts a month or 30 posts a month or you can only do uh, uh Twitter and you have to pay extra to do Facebook and Google plus or you know there is right. some combination of that
1: And what does it cost when you pay? Is it like a monthly It's
4: a monthly fee. I think I pay 9.95 for Hootsuite so it's not so bad. Oh, no,
1: it's not too bad. Yeah. So Let's say you're a band starting off for a podcast that's been podcasting for you know almost eight years, (laughs) and you you just want to start doing some promotion because you know our podcast we haven't done any promotion. But I'm thinking you know what now's a good time to you know I think I want to get more than uh, seven listeners. Um, We've been on a pretty good roll, and uh, so we start off we start tweeting, do live events, things like that. If you're a band, you start. Concerts, things like that, concerts from the road bring people along with you How, what kind of what kind of um you know strategy are we talking here you know? well
4: uh, you know for audio nowcast, for instance, um, you would tweet whenever a new post would come up or whenever new um, uh, podcast would would be posted, and you'd tweet before it would post and you'd tweet after it's posting and when it 's posting um also like for instance you you, the fact that we're doing this tonight you'd probably do it you know uh yesterday and one today that was saying hey we're going to be doing this and then one tomorrow and the day after we just did this this is what we talked about and wait until the next one's coming up and then you you would um you would just uh string that out you'd do it you know, every so often you put another tidbit. This is what we talked about, and and then Nick contributed this, and and then Jeremy said that, and you know, and, and every post is to just keep people interested in, in going. Hey, uh, you know, I want to check that out.
2: I so, couldn't. I couldn't resist. I just yeah. had to tweet while we were doing this. Yeah, again. there we go. All right, <laughs> <laughs> recording an episode of the Audio Nowcast. Subject: Tweeting. Yeah,
1: there uh, and, we then, go. and then I'll <laughs> just retweet that. Absolutely. You t- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. uh, f- for a band yeah for a band let's, okay. let's go for a band or you know anyone doing music
4: uh, a band for instance the best thing would be um, we have a gig coming up and we just booked this gig at so and so and then um, another uh, possible tweet would be um, guess who's on the bill you know for instance when we play this gig um we're looking. Here is the questions are always good. Um, have any suggestions for our 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 set list? Um, we could play this. We could play that. Which one do you think? Uh, you know. And again. This is assuming you have some followers that are going to answer that, but uh, those are the type of things that you would do. And, you you know, every day you'd come up with something, and it might not necessarily be about that. It could be about rehearsal. We rehearsed last night. The producer came down, and he listened to three songs. Um, you know, and if it's... A a producer that people know, then that's probably cool, you know. Or guess what, we we were at um uh center staging last night rehearsing and Errol Smith was next door. Uh now of course if you're in in Peoria you can't say that. Right. You know, but uh you know, there's probably the best band in, in the in the Peoria or in that particular vicinity that, you know, you could latch on to somehow and say, guess what? We talked to them. We did this with them, blah, blah, blah. And if you haven't, then you probably should.
1: You so know? as far as promoting yourself, you're saying basically the anger for all the social media is now Twitter. It's not Facebook. I mean, Twitter is more important than Facebook, or do you think?
4: Well, yes, but there's there's a good reason for it. See, Twitter changed its – I'm sorry. Facebook changed its policies um, over the last year. If you have a 1,000 friends – Thousand followers on your fan page, for instance, a thousand likes. Um, guess what? You can't reach them all. You can only reach about fifteen percent for any post, because uh, Facebook now has a policy that you have to pay in order to reach them. You have to promote your post. Now, it actually turns out that if you know how to do this, this could act. This, this could be a wonderful way to accelerate your, um, accelerate your likes on the page, accelerate the number of people who come to a gig or buy your CD or buy your music or whatever because it's very powerful and it's very targeted. For instance, if you use what's called the power editor, you can go in and you can say, I want to target the – if you know what your audience is, Let's say you're uh, a metal band, so it's mostly males that are coming. I want to target males from uh, 91505 zip code. I want to target um, uh, all the males from Peoria uh, within a 20 mile radius. I mean, you, you know, you can get down to it. Or you can even get down and say, uh, I want to target the males from Peoria that like heavy metal music. And you, huh. can, you can re- really target it very, very precisely.
1: So you can find – if you have a genre of music that doesn't appeal to the masses, you can really target directly to who your potential fans, followers, and customers are you going to be. You can
4: pinpoint them so – I mean if, if the 17 in, in your neighborhood, uh, you know, you can get to them probably. Wow. Yeah. It's super targeted. So – and you, you don't have to pay that much. Like for instance um, – I usually get, I don't know, 200, 300 people that look at my posts. Now, this is, again, 10 to 15% of, of the number of, of people. Um, my followers, my friends, my likes, my fans, because <laughs> it's different on various pages. Right. Um, but it, for $10 a day, I can up that to 20-some thousand,
1: the
4: huh. number of people that will see it. And it happens frequently, and and you can also then even target it more and say I want them to click on this link to go and do something. And you can click on it, and you can you can find out how many have done that and what they did, and if they actually bought something, or if they're going to buy it, you can retarget them. So if they go away and they go to another web page, you've probably seen this before, where you know you're looking on Amazon at something, you're looking at the latest synth. Right, you know, yeah. and all of a sudden it pops up someplace else, and you see this ad, and you go, "How did they know right right well that's called retargeting and you could you could do that easily
2: and it, think about it if you're a small to mid sized business, you know and that was all you did. That's a $300 a month marketing spend and you're targeting it so precisely at yeah. your potential audience. That's actually pretty amazing. It's
4: extremely powerful and not many people know about it unfortunately. And Not many people that, that actually do it know the inner workings of it. I, I've been studying how to do this and, and actually taking courses and everything from people. So now I, I've gotten to the point where I I understand the ins and outs of it and it's extremely powerful. Much wow. more so than you'd ever think.
1: Now. The one thing that I have a hard time with and and help me out here is time management. I mean how much time do you put in to upkeep your social media? Because quite frankly, I don't have a lot of time. I mean I'd love to – I would love to tweet more. I was thinking about this because after AES, I was thinking how can I – what can I do to make it interesting for these people – that that will follow and and i've seen a lot of people who do a lot of retweets right they they look at, go through their feed and they retweet and stuff like that and that's uh, all cool and, and that's great i just don't know if that's something that that i would want to do because once again i'd have to be on the net looking and and i'm working and i'm mixing the other thing i was thinking about doing is maybe um kind of letting them follow through the day of whatever commercial i was working on. that like would that be time. brilliant
4: and you don't even have to do it through the day i mean you you can just do a post you can do the same post in the morning and in the night. The reason why you're going to hit different people hmm. and see the other thing is is hashtags hashtags are extremely important, but it's the right hashtags and where to find them
1: <laughs> hashtag drowning and <in> work yeah
4: <laughs> which people will do as a way of expressing themselves but doesn't get them any followers right so you know you, you would have to hashtag. You know, for instance, if you're you're working for Disney, you'd say hashtag Disney and you might, or Disney yeah. production or Disney games or Disney whatever. And, uh, and
1: although a lot of the projects would be unnamed because, yeah, I, because can't I can't actually can talk about, about that it, But I can't talk about. But that. I can talk, I about, talk about, about,
4: about that post production sound design. Yeah,
1: exactly. Hey mixing. guys, I need to have. I'm sound designing a sound of. Ice freezing around a giant apartment building, which yeah. we actually had to do. And,
4: and That's awesome. So what I would do if I were you is, and it's actually fairly easy. You, you know what you're doing kind of in advance already. You probably know what the next three days are going to be like, right? Yeah. sort of.
1: I know tomorrow's going to be like okay, you know I got sure. warrant.
4: <laughs> but but you know what you're going to yeah. work on a, ahead of time and yep. you, you know what you're going to do because they're hiring you to do a certain thing. Yep. So you can almost prepare your tweets in advance and schedule them. Uh
1: it'll take you 20 minutes and you can get 3 days worth, you know, in advance. So you can actually schedule them on the service. Three days' worth. Just have to fill in all the details, and you hit send, and it'll take care of it for
4: you. You say publish, and and yeah. I'm doing it right now because I'm going to be out of town starting tomorrow. So all of my tweets, all all of my posts, everything is scheduled for the next week. I don't have to do a thing.
2: Hootsuite's very simple, and it's free. Genius! You know, and here's something wonderful that you could do, Mike. What do you have— what do you have out there? Why you've got 130 episodes of absolutely killer content yeah. sitting there on the web. What if you were to do a tweet every day with a you know, audio now cast link of the day in which you said, here, here's something from episode ten yeah. in which we talked about, you know, whatever, we talked about field recorders. And okay. then you just have a link right to it and somebody can go, Oh, that's a cool topic. Hit the button, boom, it's on their iPhone, and they're listening to it in the car on their way to work.
4: Yeah, see, I would do it, uh, both the Facebook post and a Twitter post, and, and make them similar. They don't, you can make them the same, it's better if they're a little bit different. Um, but the same content, and post them at the same time, makes it easy. And really, it takes no extra effort to do that. It's nothing. It's just click this here, and it goes out to both places.
0: But if you really do have no time, there's a couple of services which will automatically fire both. Like the one that I know of, I don't really know that I've ever used it, but is IFTTT. And so like it's basically if this, then that. So Mm -hmm. you can go, if I make a Facebook post, fire the exact same Twitter post sort of thing. Uh,
4: Well, I I wouldn't do that because the problem is you you can't do um, (laughs) – here's another quirk here. Um, With Twitter, Twitter likes uh, shortened posts. Uh, URLs from Bitly mm-hmm. or Owly or whatever. But Facebook doesn't like that. You find that your engagement goes down if you have a shortened, um, a shortened URL because people um, feel uncomfortable with it. They don't know what, what it is. The other thing is, even though you can do hashtags on both Hashtags don't work on Facebook, and in fact, the engagement goes down. Huh. So what you have to do is – and it doesn't take much though to change that. I mean it really, it's, it's very little and it can go a long way. But the rest of the post, the post body is the same. But you have to
2: reformulate to fit within the 140 characters, right? I mean I'm constantly having to be extremely concise with grammar and those kinds of things. I
4: guess so. I've gotten to the point where it, it works regardless mm-hmm. for me.
1: Hey, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Are you still with us, brother? I'm here. Hey, um, do you uh, do you have a, a Twitter account? Do you have any social media um, uh, strategy for for Noisy Neighbors or any of the stuff that you're doing right now?
3: No, for for Noisy Neighbors, it's basically pretty irrelevant. I mean, uh, a lot of the projects that I work on have sophisticated social media uh, strategies, but for our production company, I mean, it's it's just not how any customers would ever find us. Gotcha. Uh, So it's kind of irrelevant.
1: What about for any of the other stuff that you're working on, like any of your bands that you're working with, things like that?
3: Well, yeah, every band has a lot of social media stuff, every movie, every TV show. I mean, they all do. We're actually putting together the social media strategy for the project I'm working on in Austin here, but it's not social yet. So I can't go into details, but yeah, I mean, it's basically the first thing we plan Uh, for some of these projects now.
1: Now, who's in charge of that? Uh, Is that like, it's not you, obviously. I mean, you're so stretched. No, no,
3: I mean, I usually bring in a specialist or a firm that just does that. I mean, one of the things that happened during the MySpace days is people got wise to the fact that you might have a boiler room full of knuckleheads pretending to be you answering questions and stuff. And so it's all about making people feel like they have a real connection with you. And, uh, well, there's two things you know, that work.
4: To- yeah, there, there's two things that work. If you, if there's someone really close to the band or to the artist, an assistant that can speak with some sort of authority, that works many times. As long as it as they don't try to be the artist or the band, that that could work actually really well.
1: Actually, that you know who does that? Martin does that. Yeah, he. Uh, he- Vanessa, uh-huh. who actually in the early days helped us but is part of Martin's team, yeah. um, she handles all his social media. And actually it works really well.
4: Yeah. yeah. As long as you don't claim to be that person yeah. or that band, it, it works fine. That's when you get into trouble when there's an, uh, an imposter.
0: So is that third person then? So like you're acknowledging the fact that you're not them or do you just sort of leave it? Like you never, No, no.
4: You, you acknowledge it. You, you, you know, okay. the, uh, the assistant to Beyonce is saying, well, you know. We're in Rome today and, and she's planning a shoot, you know, backstage, blah, blah, blah. And, and people will find that just as compelling that, than if Beyonce did it.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
3: I think in a lot of ways they think it's more compelling because if it's Beyonce doing it, they're not going to believe it's her anymore. Anyway.
1: They're, they're not sure it's her, yeah. Interesting. Man, that's that's some, there's some great information here on, uh, on, I know, helping me on the whole Audio Nowcast Oh, we can strategy, go on and on. Can I ask you a one question? Thing, oh, sorry.
3: Uh, I was just going to say, one thing we're definitely doing here in Austin also, though, is because we are doing a lot of photography work and video and B-roll and behind-the-scenes stuff and all that, you plan out your strategy. You don't just fly by the seat of your pants for every post and talk about what you're doing at that moment. I mean, there's... There's a longer-term strategy involved, and the fans don't mind that. I mean, there, there's—it's more calculation than just telling them what you had for breakfast every day and what you happen to be doing at that moment. You well, know, you even plan it as part of a strategy.
4: Yeah, I mean, it even goes beyond that because, again, we're—you know—we just talked about Twitter and then Facebook, but really, there's YouTube and there's Google Plus, and what you do, you think about it. You know beforehand how you do it, and frankly, if you do this well, you can you can make money as well. I mean, with YouTube, YouTube's a big, big money maker right now if you know how to how to do it. And, and if it's not a big money maker, it's a big social um, promotion device. So you have to think about that in advance. But the the principles are the same for any of these. It's you have to be um, uh, timely. You have to do it at a regular interval that doesn't change. And um, it has to be good quality content that people want to see. I mean, that's the biggest thing.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, man. There's a lot of great information that you just uh, gave us, and I'm sure there's a whole lot more in your new book. There, there's, yeah. I mean, if you like that,
4: there's, uh, you know, tons and tons more.
1: You know, earlier on the on the podcast, I I I think I even said it too about Twitter and not getting it, and you know, what would I say, stuff like that. But you know what I can't be taught <laughs> well, well, I mean and it, is,
4: it it's important yeah. isn't it? here's the big thing like a lot of people think well I have to retweet and and you know I have to tweet you know twenty times a day and that actually is counterproductive it can be counterproductive because if you tweet you know ten times in a row and you start to take up people's Twitter's Twitter feeds they they don't like that so it's better that you have a space in between and it's better that you kind of plan it out in advance and and what I suggest to people is, okay, you can go and you can be like a lot of other people and, and like many pros say and that's tweet everything you do and you know all that. Right. I don't think that's as effective as if you think in advance what it is that you want to talk about that people want to know and figuring out when the best time of the day to do that is and figuring out the best way to do it. So, so again, this is just like writing uh, – a Writing a headline for a blog post or for an advert or anything—it's the same thing. You right. have to write a post to people that uh, an ad, a uh, 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 byline that people go. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I want to check that out. Oh well. Here's the other thing. You always, 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 always put a link in a tweet. The link always goes back to a place that um, you want people to go. It might be your website. It might be a blog. Hmm. It might be something that you're trying to to, to sell them. Well, we're not going to say sell that you want them to be aware of. You're right. informing them here. Right. Here's something you might dig. You know, buying, but there, it's a promotional opportunity. And if you don't put that link, you're missing it.
1: So, if I was going to tweet about some production thing that I was working on, what would I link them to? Uh, For instance, if I do was, you have a website. Well, I've got the Audio Nowcast website. Well,
4: see, you should have a personal one, a personal website. First of all, that has everything about you that's cool. That has your background. That's going to be a small <laughs> website. <laughs> no, I, I bet it would be a lot bigger than you think. Uh, yeah, and and you'd always you know send people back there. And what I would do is I'd. Um, it's really easy to tie a blog into it. You put a blog post up. You put it you know twice a week, and again it could just be a paragraph, right? A couple of paragraphs. You can shoot them back there. And it'd be great. And, I, I, you know, y- you could do it really easily because um, you're working on cool projects every week. All you got to do is talk about your projects. You talk about the Audio Nowcast because there's always something to talk about in the Audio Nowcast. And yeah. like Nick said, Absolutely. there's 130 episodes that you can ta- reference yeah.
2: to. No, that's true. And yeah. WordPress is super easy to yeah. be able to use as a blogging a device. Blogger. It's wonderful. Yeah.
0: That's right.
1: All right. Well, you know what? This is really just my own personal session with Bobby, disguised um. as a podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, Bobby, thank you so much for all that information. I mean, that was awesome. That was phenomenal. And um, once again, why don't you tell everybody the title of your of your book? Oh, it's
4: <laughs> social media promotion for musicians, and it's especially for musicians, and it's geared exactly to musicians, artists, bands. Songwriters, engineers, producers, anybody that's in the music business will will get how to they can promote themselves online. It's not only Facebook, Twitter, Google+, YouTube, uh, Pinterest even because there's uh, an interesting Pinterest component. Uh, blogging if you want to know how to start a blog and the secrets to a blog. All about your website and the things that people don't put in a website that could actually make them money. There are two big things, especially for artists. And uh, newsletters, which is the most powerful promotional tool that hmm. you have at your disposal. So it's all of those things in the book and you can get it on Amazon, um, either print or an ebook.
1: That's awesome. That is truly awesome. Um, looking forward to that and that is available except for the proof copy, which yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Greenberg will be enjoying. <laughs> So I want to congratulate him. Um, Thanks again. I totally appreciate that. Before we go, before we do anything else, um, I brought Jeremy to sit at the table because I wanted to actually point something out that's really, really um, important. Um, Jeremy – Just to give a little his backstory, you know, a couple years ago, sent me an email, said, "Hey, I really love your podcast. Is there anything I can do to help you guys out? And you know, bring coffee, whatever." And so I invited him over. He became part of the team. We kind of hit it off, and and um, he's he's just as nerdy and geeky about all this stuff as the rest of us. And uh, so then he stayed in the area after he finished school. Um, Just really good guy, great work ethic. You know, I. Got him some jobs, some gigs, doing some stuff, and then uh, he ended up getting a a job over at a sound place and um, and just really cool to see him go from the bottom and now you know being hired on and and starting his career and so, I just wanted to congratulate Jeremy on uh, new positions and new opportunities and uh, so
0: so for the first time, uh, this is specifically I think what Mike is talking about i'm really Really excited because I am working on a project that I cannot tell you about. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> welcome! <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so it, it it finally happened, and I'm I'm really excited about it. And I, and when it when it does come time to talk about it, um, it, I'm gonna be super excited because I'm pretty excited. And like Mike said, there was a couple of months slash probably more than a year there where I was like. Literally taking anything, and it's nice that I finally managed to work into sort of at least the beginnings of you know the direction I want to be headed. So, uh, Well, tell them what you're doing. Um, I am actually a mixed tech uh, at a post-production facility. So um, I basically make sure that the, the console and all of the Pro Tools, because there's usually a lot of them, um, are running. And um, all the outboard gear, because we actually surprisingly still use a lot of it in film, um, is – basically working and i work with it's like a different mixer every day basically but just getting the room working the way that they want so um in a weird way i'm like a really high tech digital babysitter
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you're on your way brother yeah, and man, uh, I'm, awesome. I'm proud of you i i i just I remember when you came down here and your baby face and i should have had to bring coffee back then <laughs> but you did a great job you really helped us out a lot and uh and now we have Colin who's helping us out and uh Guys, this just shows you that there's still ways out there to get into the biz and to start your career. And it's just a matter of if you, if you take matters into your hand and if you try to, um, find your, you know, find your circle, find, those guys that you want to work with, you know, just meet people and stuff like that. I mean, if Jeremy never sent that that email, you know, who knows what burger joint he'd be at right now.
2: <laughs> but uh, we, we can send him right back. Here's an idea, Jeremy. An hour before the session starts, update the operating system in the version of protein. <laughs> Do it tomorrow. It'll be great. Uh, See what happens.
1: But uh, but I just wanted to point that out. And you know we have a lot of students that listen to the podcast. And it's just you know Jeremy was a student. Now he's on his way. It can happen. And um, it's really great. And congratulations. It can can all happen
0: if you just bribe Mike.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, well hey, listen. uh, Before we go. Nick, are you working on anything you can uh, talk, talk about? about? Oh, any you wanna...
2: As usual, a whole bunch of iPad apps, mostly for kids. Um, the Frozen app that we just did, the Frozen Storybook Deluxe, is doing nicely because it's a lovely movie. That's oh, a great um, movie. Um, and, you know, just continuing to live in the live the life, living at large.
1: Rob, how about you? Out there in Austin, I know you're working with your band and doing all kinds of cool stuff.
3: I'm working with the band in Austin, Uh Actually, in my studio in LA, we're doing some remix stuff, which I'll be back to work on uh, in a few days. But here, we're going to be doing some writing and some tracking. And I've been dealing with a lot of other writers now, looking for songs, and that's been going well. And uh, also, my e-commerce site, <coughs> excuse me, e-commerce site, uh, DropToYourShop dot com is live for the holidays, and it's starting to really uh, take off. Actually, as we speak, there's a bunch of press releases that are just starting to show up and I'm, I'm watching the traffic on the Skype screen here and people are starting to show up. Things are going to start heating up with that. So if you're ever looking for a crazy new shopping experience, check out drop to shop.com.
1: Uh, the one thing I'm allowed to talk about. <laughs> awesome. That's great. And we know Jeremy, you can't talk about anything. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: I did realize I just forgot though. Uh, one of the other, uh, people that I really owe a big thank you to is actually on the other end of that Skype call, uh, Rob was nice enough several times to let me come mix um, at his studio where he has a very, very nice icon. And some of the stuff that I know today is from nerding out with Rob uh, in his studio. So, Rob, I owe you a big thank you as well for helping okay. me out.
3: It was my pleasure. I always appreciate a good nerd session.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Bobby, we you know about your book. Are you working on any cool music things or anything? Um, the
4: blues project that I Did earlier and well, I guess about two or three months ago, it was finished. Is uh, top ten on a couple of charts and top twenty on a couple others. Like it's on six different charts, blues charts, and doing really well. Yeah, that's great. That's kind of cool. I have uh, a series of three books coming out anytime. It's called um, Deconstructed Hits. And if anybody follows my my production blog, music production blog, it's uh, Big Picture music production blog, bobbyosinski.blogspot.com.
1: Yeah,
4: there you go, promotion, you go. promotion. Hey, you yeah. deserve that. Um, I try to do uh, a lot of song analysis where I take a song and break it down into the, the form, the song form, and the arrangement and the production and the sound. And uh, I did so many of them and they were so um, well-received that my publisher said, well, why don't you do some books? So there's a series of them coming out. The first three should be any time. One is on classic rock, and it's 20s songs that you've heard forever and probably never really did the X-ray vision into them, and that's all this will do. And the other two books are about um, hits from 2000 to now. So um, awesome. that's the first of three books. And then uh, I'm actually booked up until 2015. Wow. You know, stuff, projects, yeah. So... Uh, kind of taking a breather until
1: 2014. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. Yeah, You know, that's the thing about about project. Go ahead. Uh,
3: So Mike, I I don't usually do this, but uh, you mind if I uh, put a call out there for a second? Sure. Uh, So I am, like I said, with this band I'm working on uh, in Austin, we're looking for songs. And I don't know how many songwriters we have listening to us, probably quite a few, but... We're looking for a very specific style. So if you the the kind of artists that you could think about with us are like uh Callie Clarkson, Katy Perry, Pink, Liz Fair, uh maybe Muse as far as production. If you think you can write in any of those kind of pop uh genres, we're looking for songs. Uh get in touch with Mike or get in touch with me through Mike and uh we're definitely looking for submissions. We'd only want to check out copyrighted material, which we can have another podcast about why that's a good rule. <laughs> uh, we're definitely absolutely looking for songs all over the world right now. So I'd love to open it up to our audience too.
1: That's great. Yeah. I mean, you know what? If you want to, if you want to send an email to audio at nowcastnetwork.com, that's audio at nowcastnetwork.com, I will make sure it gets forwarded to Rob. So, uh, hey, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, that's pretty. Awesome. You never know, never, never know. And it's probably best. Maybe
3: to- someone sitting someplace, locked in a dark closet, with their iPad, just writing. Oh, no. <laughs> but I'm
1: fine. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say, <laughs> "Okay, all you iPad guys."
4: <laughs> when people send me music,
1: I'll tell you, if it's got a good melody.
4: <laughs> when people send me music, I always say, "Don't send the file. Please send me a link." to SoundCloud or something, right. and, and it's probably what Rob will want, too, I would imagine, right?
3: Yeah, I definitely prefer that. I mean, initially what I'd like is an email so we can talk about it, but uh, yeah, I would most likely ask you to put it in a private SoundCloud.
1: Awesome. Great. Well, that's cool. Well, hey, guys, this has been... Oh, how about you, Mike? What are you working on? Oh, um, well, let's that see. That you can talk about. I'm just finishing up another round of Toshiba commercials. That's kind of fun. Those were kind of fun. A round um, means what um well, they usually do a couple at a time, so we're working on a couple you know usually like a sixty a couple thirties, maybe two different concepts and things like that um so that's that's kind of fun and then uh working on more animation stuff and uh Basically, not doing any more travel. I'm done with travel for a little bit, at least till next year. It's good to to be home, and it's good to just just you know what. I hung out with my kids over the Thanksgiving. It's so awesome, right? It's just awesome. I don't know how many guys out there have kids, but I love my kids. They're just really good little people. And
2: I love your kids too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and as they as they grow older, and they and they start looking. At different things and where possibilities are, it's just great to yeah, just thermal. to start relating them on a different level. And my my oldest daughter, she um, she is an actress. She does musical theater things like that. But she wants to get into tech, and and I just think that's such a smart move because it's it's a B plan. And I've talked about it before, but I just think people who go into something blindly and and just Always focus one way without having a B plan. It, it can always end a disaster. But if you have a B plan, you always have something to fall back on. And sometimes, you know, you fall back on your B plan, you end up traveling the world and down the road, you're hosting a podcast. So, <laughs> so, so what can happen? But anyhow, that's, that's what I'm up to. Um, but once again, if you have any comments or questions, you can reach us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com. That's audio at nowcastnetwork.com. Hey. You can follow us on Twitter, uh, at Audio Nowcast. I'm going to try this thing. Okay. You've heard Bobby gave me some great advice. We're going to try doing this thing and we'll see what happens. So, um, if you want to follow us, just, uh, look us up at, at Audio Nowcast. I have some ideas to engage some of the other guys into what they're doing and what they can talk about or any questions. So, um, we're going to kind of design it to see if we can be, you know, really, um, relevant. And uh, I hate to use the word interactive, but really it's probably about the best word because if you want to see what professionals are doing, the day-to-day grind, <laughs> what some of us are working on, then um, I think we're going to be able to pull something together And um, at Audio Nowcast. So you may see something from, I don't know, Bobby Osinski is saying how do you spell – no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we'll, we'll figure something out. We're, we're going to make it kind of engaging. Um, well, for myself and all the guys, oh, before we go, this will be probably the second to the last podcast this year. We're gonna, I'm going to try to do one more before the holidays, but then we're going to take a holiday break. Um, and I'm going to see if we can get as many of the guys here for the last podcast. So I think that would be kind of fun. Rob, you're going to be back in town, right? Yeah, in a few days. Are you going to be back for a few weeks? Are you going to be back for like in two weeks? I'll be back for a few weeks. Okay, cool. I'll be back for a so- few I just want to kind of tease the next podcast, and every time I tease a podcast, it never works out the way I tease it. So we'll see what happens. But Bring
2: holiday booze. That'll get <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're right. gonna,
1: yeah, I'm going to do a little holiday. Oh, I'll come to We'll
2: <laughs> do a little. A,
1: I'll do a little bit of party. You know, we're, we're going to celebrate. But um, it's been a really great year for the Auto Nowcast, and for those of you out there listening, and for you, those of you that wrote the really kind comments um, on the Facebook page, you guys are awesome, and really, you keep us going because. Because if we weren't getting the feedback that we're getting, we wouldn't do this because it would just bore us all. All right. Well, for myself and all the guys, thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time. See you.
0: To the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Westwave Audio. The Audio Nowcast is hosted by Mike Rodriguez and uses Aphex's 230 Master Channel voice processor. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.